You know, if you could see the City Builders Church and the, and the vision and the, the mantle that's over us is supported by four pillars. One, to reach out. We should all be involved in the job of reaching out. The Apostle Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, who was also a junior apostle, he said, do the work of the evangelist. So when we're bored, we've got nothing to do. Do you know what we should be doing? The work of the evangelist. Yep. So the second pillar is the pillar of reconnecting. The third one is rebuilding. The fourth is restoration. And these are so important. I talk about my Albury Church beginnings a lot. Have you noticed that over the years? And just over the last couple of weeks, I've been remembering the songs. Because sometimes I get frustrated with the newer songs. Uh, like, oh, this morning, I was not frustrated. I was totally motivated by that. But I get frustrated because sometimes the song can be very feeling, but you're sort of not quite the message. But listen to this. This is... Uh, uh, you know, Steve and myself, we're same era, right? And Auntie Mari and Michael and Yvonne are just about there. Uh, they came in a bit after us even, though they're older than us. But remember this song, Burn, Burn, Holy Spirit. What's the next line? Set my heart on fire. Remember the next line? Where did you go? You, uh, <laughs> Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Be my one desire. Make me like the Christ of old, healing and raising the dead. Give me the power that Jesus had through his blood that was shed. Do you like that? All right, this is a song from the past. I was just sharing this week and I was thinking about my Albury days because I often do. Listen to this. This is a song that we sung in Albury. You want me to sing it? I'll read it. <laughs> I am a part of the restoration that God is doing in the earth. And I can say I'm a new creation for Jesus has given me new birth. There is a sound coming out from Zion that's stirring up the church to war. And in the midst, there's a celebration, such music I've never heard before. Now, Taya. I sung that song with Lynn over 30 years, 35 years ago, used to sing it and sing it and sing it and it sort of got on the inside. And this is where I believe God put the call of God for this house in our heart. And part of it, and, and it's like, you know, if you've got a building and you've got four pillars, we've got many pillars in here, but one, two, Three, four, one of them is the work of restoration that we're called to do. We are called to get involved in the process of restoration that's happening on the earth. And I've heard this music. I actually heard it a couple of years ago in a dream. I heard the sound of music that was coming out of Zion. Remember it? I put it up on Facebook on our group how that happened. And something's going to happen in the earth because God, you know, you look at the world and it's just gone nuts. And in our way, we've been trying to give a pushback, but it doesn't really matter because 
God is at the work of restoration. He's doing it. In fact, you look at Steve and myself and we're getting a bit older and we're singing old songs and we're telling dad jokes. But this is what the scripture says. Even though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day, just as by the spirit of the Lord. And this is awesome because I'm, I'm in my 60s now, but I am far, far, far more enthusiastic, far, far, far more passionate than most young people. Because do you know why? I'm part of the restoration that God's doing in the earth. And I'm a new creation because Jesus gave me new birth. Do you know what? You are a part of the restoration that God is doing in the earth. Caitlin, she's new. I won't do it to her. You are part of the restoration that God is doing in the earth. You are. But before God can do the work out there, he's got to restore your life. Do you know what this church is all about? Is restoration. I believe God bringing us into this building and the whole restoration process yes. that we've been through, it's like God has made our assignment clear. But do you know what? Before you can get involved in the process of restoration, you've got to get in the process of reaching out. You've got to have somebody to restore. You've got to have somebody to reconnect to Jesus, somebody to reconnect to destiny. Oops. I'm back on the air. It's going to fall off again. They gave me one of those ones that hang over your ear. just didn't work. When Dr. Jonathan was here, thanks, Jules. When Dr. Jonathan David was here, he spoke about the prophetic word. I take that really seriously. That is us. That's just so us. But he said this, this church and the movement around it will be a formidable workforce. And it took one amazing workforce, like a little group of people like this, to get this done. And most of it was done by you. Do you know what? If you want a big job done, you find a small group of committed people who are willing to do the work, willing to get involved in the process, willing to get on the same page, willing to get over it, and we do the job together. And that's what happened here. Miracle. Miracle of, uh, of uh, you know, restoration. It's an incredible old building. I love it. What's that, Steve? You can share you, Jay. Sold on it. Mate, I got them sold on it. Do you know why? Because 34 years I'm sitting having a cup of coffee over there, and Jesus said to me, one day there's going to be a church in there. If that doesn't get you excited. But there is a work to be done. And ultimately it is just a building. The greatest work of restoration is on the inside of you. So here's a couple of things. On the earth, things are broken. And they're broken because we stepped away from God. That's why they're broken. Families are broken. Whenever you violate what God has said in his word, 
Your family will get broken. Your health will get broken. Your confidence will get broken. Your vision will get broken. Things are broken. Families are broken. Young people are broken like never before, even the ones that have grown up in church. Government is broken. The institution of the land are broken. That's why it says here that some from among you are going to rebuild and you're going to restore the desolate heritages. You're going to restore the streets to dwell in. Some of us, you know, maybe not all of us, because, you know, at any time there are some people who can't get involved in the process of restoration because they're broken. Church is for broken people. But it's not so they stay broken. God wants to bring restoration. Say to the person next to you, God wants to restore all things in your life. Go on, say it. Now let's say it again. God wants to restore all things. It's very Catholic. One, things are broken. Number two, you're a new creation. What was that thing? That song? It says, I'm a part of the restoration that God is doing in the earth. And I can say I'm a new creation because God has given me new birth. Do you know what? It doesn't matter what the world says about you. You are a new creation. Somebody gives you a slam dunk and says something dreadful about you. You can go, okay, you're right. I am a very bad person. That's one choice. Or you can go, hang on, I am a new creation made in the image of God. And that's why we've got to be careful what we say about ourselves and we say about people. I am a new creation for Jesus has given me new birth. So things are broken, families, lives, government institutions, even the earth is broken. Even the earth is broken. It sort of depends who you listen to about how broken it is because you've got all sorts of extremists that say one thing and then say another, you know, about the polar caps and about the polar bears and about the rainforests and about the gorillas in Indonesia and about the, you know, all this stuff. But the Bible actually says that the earth's broken. In fact, it says in Romans chapter 8, it says the whole of the earth is groaning and laboring, waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. In other words, while you are not quite restored, on the inside, we cannot be involved in the process of restoration on the earth. I want to talk about Israel for a minute. Israel, you know, these scriptures relate to you personally, but they relate to Israel. And Israel rebelled against God, didn't receive Jesus, and the nation was taken into bondage. But Jesus said, I'm going to restore all things. 
and the nation of Israel has been restored. And in one generation, the nation of Israel is the leader or one of the leaders of uh, a technological breakthrough on the earth, medical breakthrough, scientific breakthrough, incredible. You know, you'll read of something new that is happening, you know, about Israel where there's new breakthrough. It's the safest nation to live on in the Middle East. In other words, Muslims, people go there. Even the gay community go there because they feel they are safe there. They're protected there. This is God's nation. Because God said, I'm going to restore all things. Do you know that Israel is God's, it's the apple of God's eye. And he said, I'm going to restore that nation. So after nearly 2,000 years, God did what God said he would do. He restored the nation. He brought the Jews home. But the whole of the earth is waiting for the revealing of sons. You are a new creation made in the image of God. And the Bible says the older passed away and I'm going to make everything new. I'm going to make you new, Caitlin. There's the old Caitlin before she found God. And there is the new creation, Caitlin, that's made in the image of God. And according to that song that said, which is absolutely theologically spot on, it says, I am a new creation for Jesus has given me new birth. Doesn't matter what the world says. Does not matter what other people say. Does not matter what they say in the schools or the newspapers. It matters what God says about you. God wants to restore you on the inside. God has a plan to make all things new. Man, that's unbelievable when you look at the world because the world's so broken. The world's gone unhinged. Hasn't it, really? Like, what's the next madness that's going to hit the earth? But this is what the Bible says in Revelation 21.5. Jesus says, Behold, I am making all things new. Nita. God is making all things new. So she's got dreadful back pain, restricted. You know, uh, like uh, finds it really hard, can hardly drive to Union back. She needs help to get there. But this is what the scripture says, and this is why you never give up. Because the Bible says, behold, I make all things new. In fact, the scripture talks about a new heaven and a new earth. You know, it talks about all things that are old becoming new. Behold, I'm going to raise some of you up from this place to rebuild and to bring restoration. But it'll never happen if you're sort of broken on the inside. If you need... You know, if you're in a chronic state of being broken on the inside, God wants to change that. This is our work. Not to put a band-aid on something. I learned a lot through the process of restoration. We can talk about Joel while he's not here. 
Because, you know, Nikki started putting the bricks up on the wall there. And they look good. I stood back here. I thought, they look fantastic. Joel comes in. He says, rip them down. Go, why? Because there's too many that colour there and they'll be different to that colour there. I'm going, what the? They're bricks. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Jesus is not going to do a patch-up job. He's not going to do a patch-up job. He wants to do a complete work in your marriage. He wants to do a complete work. The scripture says in Psalm 23, it's often read at funerals, the Lord is my shepherd who leads me through, you know, the valley of death. But you know what? It talks about the restoration of the soul. God wants to restore the soul. People are so broken and they need restoration. They need to be put back together. And, you know, this is part of it, me preaching about it. But I have got to be involved in the process of restoration of every person that comes under my care. Sometimes I've done a lousy job of it. But see, this young lady, we did all right there because when she came to the church, she had been diagnosed with serious issues. I don't think she'll mind me saying it because it's part of her testimony. I'll ask for permission before I do say, but God healed her. God healed her. This young man here came, touched the church, The church touched him, but there was a damage in the soul. There's a damage in the soul. And, uh, you know, God had to heal that. And he's doing a good work. It's amazing. This is our role. This is our job. This is our assignment. This is what we're on about. What do you think? Behold, I am making all things new. He's not going to stop. How does he do that? So what the scripture says, it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by my spirit. Do you know how God's going to fix people? He's going to do it by his spirit. He's going to do it by his spirit. How's he going to do it? By his spirit. That's Zechariah 4.6. It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Listen to this. A hurting church cannot heal a broken world. We're in the job of restoring broken lives. I want to say God wants to do a deeper work of restoration in you. Amen. He wants to go further, Dave. He wants to bring a work of restoration here. Hey, this is Zenny. She's our church evangelist. She brought a, cu- a guy to church a couple of weeks ago. Mario gave his heart to the Lord, took him to our church in Newborough. He's going to church down there. How good's that? The process of restoration started. God wants to do a work of restoration. I want to prophesy it over you. 
God's going to start. He started. The kidney is a sign that God's going to restore all things. He's going to restore all things in your life. Everything, the family, the health, you know, but what you've got to do now is you've got to grab hold of it and go, this is the word for me. And you've got to latch onto it and with your speech, you cannot depart from that. You hang on to it, Jill, because now's your time. God's going to renew your faith. He's going to refresh you. You're going to begin to break through into something totally new. Amen. In Jesus' name. Everything's going to come back together. You won't be without your struggles. Things will go wrong occasionally. But God's going to restore your family. Amen. God is doing a restoration work in you. You've just began the journey. And this is a journey that God's going to heal the soul. What do you think? And do you know what it'll cost you? Nothing. No weekly consult. It's free. It's a free gift. How's that, eh? Good. How are you, Mila? Good to see you. What do you think? It's in the Bible. But, but, you know, if we're locked into a zone that's humanistic, this is the way it is. It can't change. Do you know, I, wanted, I wanted to talk about the word humanism because what it does is it stops faith. It, it means, you know, everything happened because of something. And, you know, in a way that's truth, but humanism doesn't give you a way out. Yeah. You know, you ha- this child has a bad attitude because someone dropped them on the head as a child. And everyone's blaming what happened back there for what happened to the child. A hurting church cannot heal a dying world. Now, I want to tell you how the process of restoration works. Okay, number one, realisation. First step, talk about this message at least once a year. Realisation. This is a reality check. This is a radical review of my life where I go, hey, it's not working out. Reality check. Do you know what? This is hard in this world because we have a generation in denial, post-truth era. So they're in denial. They're, uh, they're, They're lost. And rather than face their reality, do you know what they're doing? Answers? Anyone? Huh? Everything else. So what we've got to do is we've got to come to a reality check. Do you know what they're doing? They're self-medicating. They're self-harming. Drugs, alcohol, sex. They're running from the answer. They're in denial. That's a generation. The process begins when you realise where you're at. Remember the first one I did on this series... The son wanted his inheritance and he went out and he spent it. He did his inheritance and there he was, down with the pigs. And the Bible says he came to his senses. He snapped out of it. Do you know what? Sometimes you just got to snap out of it. Now with things like depression, you can't. 
You can't. I've had that. And if another person had had to snap out of it, I would have snapped them. <laughs> but sometimes you just got to snap out of it. You've got to come to your senses. You've got to realise that the pain that you're going through, perhaps you are contributing to it. Yeah. And this is reality check. Reality check. You know, when, you, when you're coming to a reality check, you face your problem head on. Whatever it is. We face the issues. The bricks didn't seem a big issue to me. But I'm glad now because I'll be looking at a little patch down there. But it all looks beautiful and it matches. So we need a reality check. Some people are better at facing reality than others. The second one is responsibility. There are problems we have. I want you just in your thinking to think, this is the one I've got to win, whatever it is for you. The problems you have are not unique to men. The challenges you are having right now are not unique to man. The problem that you are having, if you are having one, somebody's had it before. Somebody has been about ready to commit suicide before. Somebody is about ready, has been about ready to overdose before. Somebody has been ready to leave their husband, to leave their wife before. These are problems that people have in everyday life. But see, if you don't have your reality check and face the problem for what it is, you can't fix it. Yeah. Number two, you've got to take responsibility. I want to give you a secret to how you fix this problem. The problem that you are having is your problem. The problem you are having is your problem. Now, it's really important to learn this because Australia's problem that Australia is having is Australia's problem. The problem you're having is your problem. You've got to own it. You've got to go, I've got a problem. I've got a problem with drugs. I've got a problem with alcohol. I've got a problem with anger. Don't say it unless you've got that. I've got a problem with what I believe about myself. I've got a problem with pain on the inside. Own your problem. Because owning it is the beginning of your deliverance. Do you know what? We've got a problem in Australia. We've got people extreme that way and extreme that way. Extreme beliefs that way. By the way, if you believe you should go to church now every Sunday, you've got that's an extreme belief. People have got extremes, so we can't find the answer. But we've got to own the problem. We've got to own it. Say this: This, this is, is my problem. The way, the way I'm feeling now, I'm feeling now is my problem. 
What I believe now is my problem. If you realise that, you can begin to break through. Own it. Own it. Now, do you know what? This generation is amazing because it's not their problem. This is millennials, whatever they are. It's not my problem. It's everybody else's problem. It's the government's problem. It's the pastor's problem. It's mum and dad's problem. It's my husband's problem. It's my wife's problem. And everybody said, just be careful. Do you know what? If you go out to Fulham, it's everybody else's problem. They're all innocent. It's true. Do you know what? This is human nature. You've got to face your human nature. Your human nature does not want to face the reality that you at least are part of the problem. We don't want to say it's a problem. I know you, why you feel this way, because that happened to you. Well, there's a certain amount of truth in that, but there's a higher law that operates for Christians. There's a higher rule. It's called the law of the spirit of life that set me free. So the problems you are going through right now or either God put you there or you made bad decisions. Do you know what? Most of the difficult times I've been through, God put me there. Because I've made, I've made lots of right decisions of what I believe was right. Next thing I've been, whoa, where did that come from? And that's called process. So what's the first part of the process? Realization, if you can get this, you're going to do well. Number two, responsibility. Now, it's really important that you take responsibility for your life. I'll tell you why. If you don't take responsibility for your life, you'll quit. Your problem becomes too big and you can't win it. You quit the church. You quit the marriage. You quit on your destiny. You quit the faith. But we are not called to quit. We are called to come back to God and to fix it and come back to where we should be. To come back. Because the beginning of breakthrough is one, realisation. But it happens when I am going to return to my father's house and I'm going to sort this out. No problem that we have is too big for God. It's only when our problem becomes bigger than God that we really do have a problem. It's only when our health issue becomes bigger than God. It's, It's only when the problems in my marriage become bigger than God. 
It's only when my financial problems become bigger than God. It's only when my, you know, my work problems become bigger than God. My relationship problems have become bigger than God. Nah. God wants you to know how big your God is. He wants you to know. This is really, really important. You've got to know how big your God is. And sometimes when, when you're talking to people, you know their problem is going to be prolonged because their problem has become bigger than God. Make sense? In which case, you've got to go back to your own answer. You know, if there's problems in the marriage, what caused the problems? What caused the problems? If there's difficulty and there's no harmony in the marriage, what's caused the problem? Well, it's her fault. Well, it's his fault. No. It's your problem. You've got to own it or you never break through. I've seen every problem. I reckon one of the reasons I'm still standing after nearly 30 years of doing this is that every problem that has come towards me, I've thought God has allowed this problem because he wants me to realign my life. That's what society's like today. They don't want to face the problem. They don't want to face the problem. Do you know what? Problems can become very, very chronic because we don't take responsibility. We don't take responsibility. First step in the process of restoration. One, realisation, reality check. Two, personal responsibility. Thirdly, repentance. This is where the message gets very unfair. I remember Lynn, you know, we've, we've become more mellow, hey, as we've got older. Lynn and myself, don't you reckon? Hands up if you think yes. <laughs> Bit uncertain there, maybe we haven't. Hey, I remember Lynn praying for some woman in our church back in the old days. And all, all I heard is this woman come with a problem and she said, what should I do? And Lynn said, repent. <laughs> oh, I thought, oh, that's blunt. <laughs> remember, remember that? Kind of, yeah, I bet bet you she's sort of forgotten, but that poor woman, (laughs) repent. What a crazy word. Repentance is one of the vital, powerful steps in the process of restoration. Come on, you can do this. You can do this. You can overcome. You can beat this. You can fix your marriage. You can make your marriage better. We can bring a greater harmony and a greater love in this church. You know, we can have a more harmonious home. We can overcome the negativity of the culture. We can do it. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. We can win this. There is no battle too big. For Jesus. Acts chapter 3, verse 21. This is the heart of what I'm talking about this morning. 
because we're talking about restoration, right? And it says, repent, therefore. Gosh, it's a blunt word. Repent. You know, Peter's just got up and made one heck of a speech to the guys there. And, uh, you know, people are saying, well, how do we fix this problem? How do we fix it? How do we fix the sin problem? And Peter says this. Repent, therefore, and be converted. Gosh, that's loaded. (laughs) That your sins may be blotted out. Who sinned this week? Who really blew it? At least three quarters of the people in this church are filthy liars. (laughs) Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Do you know what you really do if you do this, if you blew it this week? If you swore at someone this week? If you just fell out of the heavenlies this week? You know, if you, if you committed a really not so good sin, this is how you fix it. It's fixable. How good's this? Every problem is fixable. But you've got to own it, baby. Please. Don't say it's a pastor's problem. It's not. It's your problem. I love preaching here. They'll be getting this right out there. <laughs> Repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come. Do you know what? When you repent, this is how you know, oh, thank you, Jesus. All the sting goes out of it, the pain, the stress, the anger, the aggression, so that times of may come from the refreshing of, uh, from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who has preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the restoration of all things. So this is how we're going to bring Jesus back earlier. The church has got to come back to a lifestyle of repentance rather than denying the problem. And saying it's everyone else's problem. Well, hey, you know. Am I making sense? First step. Realisation. Number two, you've got to own it. Responsibility. Number three, repentance. How do you do that? How does somebody who's addicted to something repent? How does it, somebody who is stuck in a chronic veil, a, a chronic rut of continual defeat, repent? This is amazing because I'm going to show you a way out. And you've got to know this message like me because you won't be able to show anyone else a way out unless you know it. You want to know? Firstly, 
You've got to develop a lifestyle of repentance. You've got to develop a lifestyle. In other words, you know, Peter said to Jesus, how many times have I got to forgive? And 70 times? 70 times seven? And Jesus made it quite clear the extent of his grace comes right back to this. Because I reckon I've blown it once a week. I thought, not that again. Not that again. But we develop a lifestyle of repentance. We develop a lifestyle of saying to our wife, I'm sorry that I didn't speak the right way to you. That's repentance. It restores the marriage. We develop a lifestyle. So what's repentance mean? Literally, repentance means we're going down this way to destruction. We're about ready to mess everything up because we're making bad choices. And we go, I've had this. I'm going to fix this. If you've been in unbelief, you go, I'm going to live by faith. If you are sick to death of being led and messed up by negative thinking and emotions, you go, this is enough. I'm going to turn this around. Because the most powerful thing that God's given you is your will. You can do this. You can do this. Have you seen Nick Vojacek? Born with no arms and no legs. World leading motivational speaker. What is our excuse? Why do we keep making excuses? I'll tell you why. We're humanistic. And we keep blaming something else. Oh, if only I was born in a different place. Only if my mum and dad had cuddled me more when I was a baby. Only if my family made sure I didn't barrack for Collingwood. (laughs) Only if. And we're always blaming someone else. And we blame ourselves. But I'm a new creation. I'm a new creation. Throw it at me, baby, because I'm a new creation made in the image of God. I'm a son. You you know, when you realise that, your life becomes indestructible. This is the word of God. You develop a lifestyle. A lifestyle of turning your heart back to God. Do it every day. Do it every day. Quick to say sorry. Quick to go, God, my thoughts are not lining up with you. God, I have had bad thoughts about my boss. Really, when I got moved to sale in the bank, it's an interesting story. I work with a manager in Albury, Wodonga. A lot goes back to there. And this guy and me, we didn't get on because he was like against Christians and I was going for it. And he tried to trip me up so he could put bad things on my appraisal. This is what he did. I dreamt of hurting him. (laughs) 
with my fist. <laughs> Don't think I'm quite restored yet. It's sort of all coming back. Well, this is amazing because I got moved in the bank to guess where? Sale. Do you know where this guy got moved to? Sale. Whose problem was it? We used to have these entry procedures in the bank where two people had to go in. One day I saw him go in and hide and wait for me because he wanted to catch me out on the entry procedures. I thought it's time I won this. So I just opened that door and walked in. And he said, I caught you. I said, I caught you first and walked straight past him. <laughs> we just got to know who we are. It's not somebody else's fault. Stop doing that. You're killing yourself. I think I need a bit of inner healing there still, Pastor Steve. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, 38, 39. <laughs> that's Lynn. That's why, that's why I'm whole. Lynn just said, yeah, just get over it. <laughs> that's how you do it. Just get over it. That's why I've never been able to wallow. <laughs> just get over it. Acts chapter 2, verse 38, 39. Archie will be getting hungry by now. You all right? Acts chapter 238, what shall we do? Peter's speech, repent. Turn around, go the other way, be baptised. Now, baptism is a big word because that means getting right in there and getting fully immersed with the Holy Ghost. And you'll be filled. Do you know what the problem, this is how you fix every problem in the universe, is get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because if you don't get filled with the Holy Ghost, you'll get filled with negativity, you'll get filled with fear, you'll get filled with unbelief, you'll get filled with anger, and you'll get hijacked. And this is why you've got to repent regularly, be baptized, immersed in His presence every day. Baptism is not just an event, it is a lifestyle. We get baptised every day when we raise our hands and say, Lord, fill me with your Holy Ghost. Make me like the Christ of old. Be my one desire. That's how you fix a problem. Up until then, your problem is your problem. Some people are so negative. And it's not that they want to be that way and they're kind of stuck. They're like chronic that way. And the thing that'll change, repent. Be baptised. Filled with the Holy Ghost. That's how you fix it. There is no other way. And the scripture says, for the promises to you, your children, for every generation, but you've got to get there first. You've got to set the pattern for the future. Amen. 
And Archie's hungry, and I've got four more points. <laughs> huh? What was that, Dale? <laughs> Counselling from the front seat here. Oh, yeah, big clock down there. That's what we need. Number two, we need to recognise what needs to change. It's important. You've got to face the reality. Sometimes you're looking for the wrong problem. Sometimes you think that's a problem, but it's not. Sometimes we think the drugs are the problem, but it's not. It's what's going on in here. Sometimes we think the young people are leaving church. Church mustn't be nice for them, but that's not the problem. We just heard what's, it's what's going on in here. We've got to get to the root of the problem. Do you know what? You can't, can't always control what happens, but you can control your response. And this is where it says in the scripture in James 1, count it all joy, when you fall into various trials, when you're fall, falling into, very, into various testings because God is actually doing something. It's possible that you made a silly decision or it's possible that God even set up the circumstances for you because he wants to teach you something. It's where the scripture says, in everything, give thanks. But failure to recognise what needs to change will result in broken marriages, people losing their faith, lost health, and destiny is aborted. Number three, recognise and use the power of choice. You've got a choice. Now, when you have a problem... What you've got to do, this is a quick way to fix a problem. You write down your options. Write them down in front of you so you can clearly see them because with every problem you have, there is a solution. Write down your options. Write it on paper. Lift it up before the Lord and say, which way do I go? This is how you grow to maturity. This is how you break through. Recognise and use power of choice. Do you know this? And we are coming very close to the end and Archie will be off to lunch before we know it. But in Genesis chapter 2, God did something very strange. He put two trees in the garden. The tree of life. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Our human tendency is to want to go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so that we can eat of that fruit of that tree. So that we can solve our own problems. But you can't. Jesus said, you live from this tree, you'll live. If you live from this tree, you'll surely die. Does it make sense? Every day we've got to 
repent of our human tendency to rely on the tree of knowledge of good and evil and come back to Jesus every day. Recognise that you have the power of choice. You can't control what happens, but you can control your response. Hey, you can remain miserable for life if you really so desire. And life will be a joy for everyone that enters into your presence. (laughs) Or you can make a choice that I am going to repent and be baptised and filled with the Holy Ghost. Because I tell you what, if you're around somebody that's filled with the Holy Ghost, you are not going to be unhappy. I remember our church in Albury, the first day that we went there. Do you remember that? Who did we meet on the door? Topia Hopia. We both remember a guy about 35 years of age, a a, a blonde-haired, blue-eyed Finnish man who was totally nuts. Exuberant to the point this guy was filled with the Holy Ghost, like so passionately. And oh, oh, it took me four weeks to be able to go back. But that guy was just, man, he was like, whoa, whoa. Beautiful man. And miracles happened every day in his life because he was filled with the Holy Ghost. He'd made a choice. Don't live for average. Don't settle for it. Topi Hopi. Of all names. He was so extreme, extreme positive, like, ah, like, you know, used to lead songs and it was like that, like, couldn't understand a word he said and you were spat on, but you just knew that it was where you had to be. (laughs) Two trees in the garden. Most people have chronic problems because of bad choices. And failure to turn around and choose a different pathway. This morning's a morning to make a decision. Don't allow your problems to control you any longer. Number four, create an access. Create and access the environment for continual change. 2 Corinthians 3.18. Heidi read it this morning. It says, but we with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. Amen. Something happened to me in Albury. Something so deep happened to me there. Because I got hungry for God. I wanted something more. And you know, one night God leveled me and my life changed. The very next day, I was out knocking on doors in Thaguna, inviting kids to Sunday school because this thing had become so real to me all of a sudden. Remember it? It was amazing reading my pastor last night because my old pastor, I really loved him and he really loved us, didn't he? Absolute crazy hysterical man. He used to be a Salvation Army minister in Sale. So we had a photo taken together and I sent this to him. 
And I said, so great to catch up again and so excited that we'll be neighbours. Much love, Lynn and Brian. He sent back a message this morning. I haven't shown you this. He's bought a yacht. Buying a yacht. He says, you guys are like a breath of fresh air to us. Likewise, look forward to coming down and be part of your lives. Come sailing with us. Don't let anything stop you. I thought I was so meant to be in that church and God started to speak to me and give me dreams about this part of the world. But God's restoring all things. Honestly, since we came into this building, God's been doing the strangest things with me and restoring relationships that were just dead. How good, Steve. How good. How good.